Our current series is on discovering spiritual principles that help us cultivate our hearts into good spiritual soil so the kingdom of God can grow. And um, this is a, a series that we've been working on, and, and it really comes out of this idea that, that, that the soil that can receive the kingdom of God, it, it kind of needs to be plowed and softened and worked on to get it ready so that when, the, when the, the promises and the hope that we have in God and when we have seeds of faith and all those things come into our life, there's an opportunity for them to get down into our heart, into our spirit, and they can grow. And what scripture says is, is that uh, when the seed finds good soil, it multiplies even up to a hundredfold what was planted. And so this is an important spiritual principle. And uh, this morning, uh, what, what we've been doing is we've been looking at different things that help us prepare the soil of our spiritual hearts. And so this morning, I wanna look at this subject of generosity and how that can help prepare the soil of our spiritual lives and our spiritual hearts. And um, you know, generosity is, there's, there's many, many ways to be generous. And being generous is much more than just our finances. And for clarity and for the sake of the talk this morning, I wanna use this term, whole life generosity which encompasses so much more than just our wallets, but it's really everything about us and all we are. It uh, includes our relationships, our time, our gifts and our talents, as well as our finances and our resources. And there's a spiritual principle of sowing and reaping. And this principle is that the Lord actually will entrust into us things that we can care for and grow and, and, and turn back towards his kingdom. And this is a spiritual principle that we see in the New Testament and in Jesus' ministry, and it's something that is, is a part of being generous, is that the more we're generous, the more God can entrust to us, and the more that can be used for his glory and for his purposes. And so it's my conviction that the, the more whole life generous we are, the more God's kingdom will flourish in us and through us. I'm gonna make one giant assumption this morning that the majority of us in this room already know and understand that we are called to be generous. And so rather than spend the next, uh, you know, 25 minutes or half hour uh, trying to convince you of the need to be generous or the importance of being generous, I'll just assume that, that most of us, we kind of know that, that that's part of the package of following Jesus and having faith in him. And I want to rather focus on some of the more practical ways that we can practice and model whole life generosity. Maybe just to inspire us and help us to see this in a new light or a fresh light, just to kind of remind us once again of the importance of this subject. And so the question is really, uh, this morning is how can I be whole life generous for the kingdom of God? Super practical, but I think it's important to be reminded. And um, the first thing is to share our gifts. This is really just, again, it's just the practical place to start. If we want to invest and be generous in the kingdom of God, we share the gifts, the things that the Lord has given us in our life. First uh, Peter 4.10, and, and the verse is following, says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And then it says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. In all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And so this scripture helps us understand and communicates to us and reinforces that, uh, that God has given us all a gift. 
God has given the church gifts. He's given our lives gifts. He's given us resources. He's equipped us. He's given us blessings. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, we see where Jesus, he, he, um, he gives the body of Christ and he sets us up all in our different parts because we all have a function. And the truth is this, is that um, God has not only created you and I with gifts, but he's created us with purpose and with intent and with design to use those gifts for his glory and for the building up of his kingdom. That's why we have them. That's why we are who we are. That's why we think the way we do, why we react the way we do, why we're passionate about some things, why we are, are interested in things, why we have natural talents and abilities in things. That's why God made us all unique in who we are because part of that is his equipping and creating us to fill a certain role to be able to give back into the kingdom of God. And so each one of us has a story and unique experiences which result in us having something to share with others. What if you don't know what your gift or your purpose is or what you have to be generous to the kingdom of God? You don't know what it is that you have to give back to God. And I said this is gonna be a fairly practical talk and I'll say this, that spiritual gifts often flow out of our story and who God created us to be. And we sometimes just look at our own life and we look within our own spiritual formation, our own story, our own history, even our own pain, our own experiences, the lessons we've learned. God uses our experiences and our interests and all those things, our strengths, and he sets us on a path where we can leverage those things and turn those things back over to the kingdom of God for spiritual purposes. And sometimes we, we think, that spiritual gifts are, uh, they're, they're way out there and I don't know what it is and I don't know where, what mine is and maybe I have this one and maybe I don't. And, and, and spiritual gifts flow out of our life that is yielded and surrendered to God. And you will find that the best spiritual gifts for you to lean into are the ones that grab your heart and are close to you, the ones that stir you up, the ones that flow out of who it is that God created you to be. And so if you're unsure of what your gifts are and unsure of what things you have to be generous back to the Lord, I have three super simple questions that I wanna go through this morning as we look at what it means in this, this scripture, First Peter, that God has given us all a gift to serve and to offer back to him. And the first is, what am I passionate for? And then who do I connect with? And then what is the need? What am I passionate for? What grabs your attention? What stirs your heart? Are you passionate about coaching sports, the outdoors and hunting, social justice and helping the marginalized, technology and social media, working with kids, creative arts, teaching and discipleship? There are so many things. In fact, if we looked at all of our lives, what are the things that take up your time? What are the things that grab your focus and your attention? What, what really gets you? What makes you who you are? There would be such a rich diversity in this room. And it is a wonderful thing to see when we come together how so diverse we can be and how so rich we can be in all that we have to offer and in all that we can turn back over to the kingdom of God. And so I would say pay attention to the things that naturally grab your heart. Pay attention to the things that naturally stir you. 
that naturally bring about focus and, 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 and get you excited and, 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 and increase your level of passion? And is there some way that God may open a door to use that thing for his kingdom? And I'd say you all need to hear this. When we talk about these things in church, we often assume and make the assumption that we're speaking about an official church ministry. And just so that you know, the kingdom of God is actually not just about here in this room on Sunday mornings at 1040 to noon. The kingdom of God is 24-7 all over the place. It's in other churches. It's in your lives, your relationships, your workplaces. The kingdom of God is in our hearts. We carry the kingdom of God in our hearts. And so when the kingdom of God grows and we find ways to give back to the kingdom and we find ways to minister and to serve, many times it happens within the capacity of the church. But there's lots of ways and lots of opportunities. In fact, it's probably more normative for us all called to be priests to serve God and and to use our passions in our life, even in areas that's not in church ministry, not within circling around the house and what we do and how we do it. But it's about giving back and, and finding out what is it that God has put in you and leveraging that for his kingdom and saying, I wanna, I wanna be used by you. God, could you work through me? And when we all work together, some of us have ministries and goals and vision right here within our community. And others are giving and serving and, and helping and making a difference in other areas of our lives. And it's all good. And uh, I wanna just mention a couple of stories this morning, a couple of examples. And uh, when I think of... of finding people who have a passion in their life and then kind of leveraging it and turning it over for the kingdom of God. Uh, I, wanna, I just wanna mention Deb Young this morning. Deb loves hospitality. She loves uh, food and creating home and just blessing people and caring for people, entertaining people, uh, providing a sense of love and just kind of community in their lives. And it's why I asked her to help us out at the house. It's why she is involved in leadership in our church as our foods and hospitality person. Because naturally in her life, she is passionate about these things. And it becomes a natural extension for her to function in that role. And, and, and all this stuff that God has done in her and through her and created her to be, she has a way to say to the kingdom, a way to say to our church community, I, I'll use that. I'll, I can bring that. I can't play guitar up here. I can't program the website, but I can help make soup and I can help buy our groceries and lead our kitchen and direct the coffee shop and make sure that the coffee tastes better than Tim Hortons. And, uh, you know, she says, I can do that. And so she does it. And, you know, we do the student lounge on, on Mondays and Tuesdays. We have every week about 40 or 50 kids that come through our doors and hang out and have homemade soup and a bun and visit and do some homework and study and connect and watch a hockey game. And, and, and they do that and they're here and they're receiving. So when they come in, it smells like home. That's why we call the house. And it's welcoming and they can come in and for a mere $4 or $3 or whatever it is, they can pound back like eight bowls of soup if they want. And, and it's homemade and it's made with love and it's and you know, because we have somebody on the back end involved in ministry and doing that stuff, it allows us as a church community to have that ministry. And you will find that the same thing. Every ministry, everything we do, nothing happens by accident. Everything we are all happens with a person who is serving passionately, who's found their passion and given it over to the kingdom of God. 
and it's a great thing. And someone like Deb is killing it for us because it is a natural extension of who they are and, and what their passion is. And so we're thankful for all those people, people that come to Alpha, people that come to our midweek series, people that do small groups, people that are involved in worship, people who are involved in all these other areas of ministry. It all happens because of people who are passionate, and they found that. And so Deb, thank you for, uh, she's sitting over there. Thanks, Deb, appreciate all that you do. And, uh, and, and all the rest of our volunteers. And so one of the ways to be whole life generous is to figure out what you're passionate for and say, God, how can you use that? Another thing is um, to ask yourself, who do I connect with? Pay attention to who it is you feel a connection to. Is there a group? Is there an individual? Is there a, a category of people? Is there someone that God has put on your heart? Is your heart stirred for somebody, for someone? Pay attention to that thing. Pay attention to that, that stirring, that prompting. Pray into it. Let it grow. Because God will lead us in ministry to other people. And he will birth within us a heart for other people. And you know what happens is God actually puts his heart of love, his heart of compassion, his heart of care, his heart of concern, his heart for encouragement inside believers so they can actually go and be the ambassadors of Christ, so they can be an extension of Jesus. And so pay attention to who it is that God brings to your heart. There's something there. There's something that shouldn't be ignored. Um, when Angela and I, uh, before we became pastors here and way, way back, way before we had kids and back when we were still cool, um, we youth pastored. And we, we youth pastored for a long time, like 10 years. And uh, we were good youth pastors. We had a lot of fun. And um, we had a, a big mix of kids. And you know, everywhere I've pastored, Angela has had a group of people that she's connected to, that God stirred in her heart or God put in her heart. And, and that's, that's who she cared for. She didn't try to be like the leader of everything. Didn't try to, you know, lead the women's ministry and do all those kind of, you know, sometimes there's flamboyant pastor's wives with big hair and strong perfume and uh, gold jewelry and long, you know, nail polishy things. And that's, I'm so thankful. By the way, babe, thanks that you're not like that. Um, she's just herself. But she finds a community, she finds a group that she can care for. And I've seen her do this everywhere we've pastored. Um, when we were in Calgary, we had a big, big youth ministry full of church kids and community kids and Christian school kids and uh, grade sevens and grade 12s and jocks and goths and everybody. It was eclectic. And it was a big group and it was a little chaotic and um, early in our ministry, Angela found that she connected well with the younger girls. The shy, quiet, grade seven, grade eight girls who would come and feeling a little bit lost and a little bit vulnerable and a little unsure of their place in this big mix of intimidating kids. And you know, if you can think back to grade seven girls and one of them has to go to the bathroom they need to have a tribe and a posse to go to the bathroom with. You can't do that on your own. You, have, you go in herds. You go in clusters everywhere you go. And if you don't have a herd or you don't have a cluster or you don't have a tribe, it is the scariest thing in the world 
And so imagine showing up to this big youth group and grade 12 guys playing basketball and you're a grade seven girl. It's intimidating. And somehow Ange was able to just get one or two and a few and get them around and hanging out on the couch or shooting hoops before youth started and, 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 and then another one and then another one and then another one. And um, before you knew it, everywhere Ange went, there's a little posse of 13-year-old girls with her. And they always knew that when they showed up and they got dropped off and they went in, they just had to go and find Ange sitting somewhere in the youth room or in the gym. Or in the, and if they could find Ange, they knew that they had somebody to sit with, somebody to talk to, somebody to take to the bathroom with them. They knew that if they could find Ange, there would actually be other people there and their friends would be there. And so they could come into that big, chaotic youth ministry, but they knew that they had a place they knew that they could connect. And you know, those, those grade seven girls were like sheep without a shepherd. But because somebody reached out to them, as soon as they found a shepherd, they became a herd. They had a place. They, they knew where they belonged. And she's been doing that our whole ministry. She's always found someone to care for. I think, how great is it if we could all just do that? Rather than try to think we have to save the whole world, who is it that God stirs my heart for? And just do that, just look after that. Maybe God will cover all the bases by using all of us. And if we could all do that, we could all find those people that we're to care for, it would be a wonderful thing. In October, Angela was visiting with one of our young moms who mentioned it would be nice to have a regular get-together with other young moms. And just as Ange has always done before, she gathered a few of them together and started meeting on Monday mornings. And before long, there was a group of eight or 10 of them coming every week. And it turned into mom's Monday morning coffee break. And it, it's, it's meaningful to them. And you know, it's not her job, it's not her responsibility, but she has a connection with them. We've done a bunch of their weddings. We've dedicated their children. We've invested in their lives. We've done small groups with them. They're a part of our story. And it's important to her that our young moms have community and support. And she knows the value. She knows what it's like. She knows how important it is to have that in your life. She knows it because we didn't always have it in, in our lives. We never had family around. We've never lived in a city where our family was, was here. We spent a long time, even here in Kelowna, pastoring young adults. We didn't have peers. We didn't have a lot of other young married couples and people that, were, that, that had kids our age and, and were with us. And so she knows what it's like to be at wit's end and try to figure it out and juggle everything and to be broke and tired and just feel like you're getting by and, and all those things and all that cycle of what it's like to be a young mom, she knows and she identifies with it. And you know, sometimes your connection and your heart for others will come out of identifying with a struggle of your own. Sometimes the hard things, the lessons and the difficulties that you go through will heighten your level of care and concern when you see that in somebody else. And you know, Ange knows what it's like to, be, to feel as a young mom alone and 
maybe that nobody cares and, and, and you need some help and you just want to talk to somebody else that's not three. She knows what that's like. And because of that, she identifies, and because of that, it's important for her to create community. And sometimes connecting with people comes out of the pain and the struggles and our story and the stuff that, that we've had to go through. On Mondays, she gets here about 9 a.m., and uh, she doesn't get home until close to, to 1. And normally, she would be working during those four hours, and she has to make up that time somewhere else. And um, she works in a, a law office. A lot of the work she does is remote and from home. And uh, because she's here on Monday mornings, now she has to be at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, two or three nights a week, sitting at her computer, getting that work done. And no one knows that. And no one sees that. But that's what it means to be whole life generous with people. You make sacrifices because you care. And nobody will see all of the things that it will take for you to love other people. And you know what? It may not always be easy. And you may not always get your reward. You may not always have a pastor who's a spouse that can tell your story in church so somebody can appreciate it. <laughs> but to extend grace and love and to say, God, who... Who is my tribe? Who is my posse? Who can I love? It will take sacrifice. And it means that you make sacrifices for them because God's given you a heart for them. The mums group has become very meaningful to those, that little community that show up each week. And there's going to be more and it's going to grow. And you know what? It's just a simple gathering but it's what they need. It's safe. There's no comparison. There's no mummy guilt. There's no pressure. There's just relationship and connection. I came the first week to help Ange get set up. 9.30. First week, nobody came. Ange said, they're mums. They're young mums. Give them time. It'll be fine. They'll be here. And I'm like, really? It's like 9.30. And I'm looking out the window. There's no car. Well, sure enough, after half an hour, you know, three or four mums came in, all with different stories. And you know, curlers only on one side of their hair or whatever, and they're frazzled. And, but they made it here. And, and Ange is just able to just be real with them. And it's exactly what they need. It's no big program, and it's not formal. And um, she's heard from so many of them that it's the highlight of their week. Go figure. All you have to do is show up, have coffee, have a snack for the kids, hang out. It's the highlight of their week. Moms, I feel sorry for you some weeks. I know that <laughs> life is challenging when the bar is not very high that way. She got a text message. This is what it said from one of them. Uh, and, and, and she's heard every week that, it, that it's so meaningful. It's such a highlight. And this is what it says. Um, that was such a wonderful time together. Thank you for being such an awesome mom and wife to look up to. Your vulnerability and loving personality and is contagious and beautiful. Thank you for being the most non-judgmental and kind woman, wife, and mom. You're awesome. Have a wonderful evening and the rest of your week. There's a couple of heart emoticons on it. Do you know how simple it is to do that? 
just to open your life up a little bit to somebody, just to reach out to them and create some community and love them and let them be real and encourage them. I'm so proud of Ange for generously investing in people in ways others never see. Being in ministry and being a pastor's wife. And um, thanks, Andrew. I'm really proud of you and appreciate all that you do. The most powerful thing that you can do to be whole life generous is to share your time and your heart. Never underestimate the power of communicating that you love somebody and that they're important to you and to make room for them. Who do you connect with? Who do you have a heart for? Be generous and share your life with them. I guarantee you it will make a difference. You'll notice I wore a long sleeve shirt because I knew I was going to cry today. I have, a, I have a, something to wipe on. <laughs> My kids, that's where they learned their bad habits, I guess. The third thing, the, the, the most simple thing is, what is the need? Ask yourself, what is the need? What am I passionate for? Who do I connect with? And what is the need? This is so practical. Uh, it, it's kind of like calling tech support at Shaw, and the guy in the other end says, is your modem plugged in, sir? It's like, it's so simple, it's so practical, it's, it's like, this is the best way to be whole life generous, is to look for that need that you can help meet. We have an amazing volunteer base in our church community, and um, we're near capacity every Sunday morning. We, we can't really fit more people in. And uh, on Easter Sunday, we're planning to do a six-week run of two services on Sunday morning to learn how to figure out. We're, we're thinking that probably in September, it'll be something that we're gonna have to do on a regular basis because we're, we're, we're full. And we don't wanna stop. We wanna reach more people and make room for community and get better and keep growing and discovering all that that is for us. And uh, so we're gonna try six weeks. And that means we have to double everything up. We have a lot of needs. Children's ministry, coffee shop ministry, greeters, worship, tech, just general helpers and setup people. And there's so many roles and so many things. We have practical, real world needs. And we have amazing volunteers who always help us and always step up. And we're gonna, we're gonna need more. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that over the next little while and what it means to, to, to do that. We wanna take six weeks and do it as good as we can and make sure that all those bases and all those things are covered. And whole life generosity is often about saying, what's the need and can I help? Can I get involved? Can I support something? And so what need have you become aware of? Maybe within our own church community. What need have you become aware of in your life? What need is there in the world and the circle that you hang out with? How can you step up? Uh, one of the things I'm amazed at is God's faithfulness in the financial generosity of his people. And this is something that God continues to show himself and continues to bless and continues to provide. In September, we started operating 100% on our own. You know, this is part of our journey. And um, 
not only that when we were totally on our own, but because we were functioning as our own legal entity, our costs increased. So from the previous month where we were kind of still under the umbrella of Evangel to starting out on our own, our, our costs had to, had to go up. It's part of just functioning as, as, as our own in that way. And so I was looking at the, the, the finances and the numbers, and we knew it was time, and we knew it was, and um, we don't talk a lot about the finances and the numbers here, but we were looking at the previous months and the previous fiscal year and say, okay, that's where we were, and this is where we have to be, and we weren't really sure if we were going to be able to do it. Uh, based on the numbers, we weren't sure there was enough to make it work. And as we got started and we started getting our bank accounts and talking to the bank, a lot of the things that we had thought and we were planning for, we, we couldn't get because we were just new and we, we were nobody. We had just become a society. We didn't have any history. We didn't have anything. And so we were thinking, you know, could we get a line of credit and an overdraft just in case? We had a month where it was a little low and we, you know, no, we had nothing. We started with, we didn't have a credit card. We had nothing as a, as a church community. The only thing we have is, is what's in our bank account. That's it. And um, if there's no money in the church's bank account, we, we don't have money to pay salaries and we don't pay the lease. And maybe you'll come here and, I don't know, maybe the doors will be locked on a Sunday and we'll all be standing in the parking lot and have to take up a collection. We, it's just the reality of where we had nothing but really a hope and a prayer. And um, apparently that's enough. And since the first day that we've been on our own, we've never had anywhere near a negative balance in our bank account. And even though our expenses went up, this community's giving in the last, so starting from September to January, month over month, we are up over 30% of where we were the previous year in our offerings. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's I think that is something to say Thank you to you, thank you to the Lord for providing and for caring. And do you know, as our costs increase and as we're thinking about hiring maybe a part-time children's person to help, all those things, if we did not have the faithfulness and the generosity of God's people say, what's the need, how can I help, this is where I'm gonna do it, this is how I can help, we wouldn't be here. And you have been so faithful and we would not be able to be here every week doing Alpha in the student lounge and having church and doing all these things if it wasn't for your generosity. And I just want to say how impressed I am and how thankful I am and how humbling it is to see the Lord work and do his thing. Uh, we need a new shuttle van. Every Sunday night, we make runs back and forth to the university to give campus uh, students, people who are in the dorms there, rides back and forth to the house. Every week the battery dies and we have to boost it. Uh, it doesn't run right, it stalls. The door handles are broken or falling off or have fallen off. Um, it, run, it sounds like it's got a racing engine, like in it, it runs so rough and it stinks like blue smoke coming out of it. And um, it's a Chevy that is over 20 years old and it's got over 450,000 kilometers. And I'm not lying, we bought it like nine years ago for $600, okay? So this is not a big investment. It was kind of like on the last legs, the guy's like, well, the tires are pretty good. How's $600 sound? I'm like, take it. And um, we, we literally spent $800 on the graphics on a $600 van. So 
the thing's given us more than its share of life. And we figured conservatively it would cost about $10,000 to get a decent used minivan that was in good shape and that we could put some decals on it. We're not ready for the big 15-passenger van because we need special licensing and special insurance and, you know, driver logs and special class four and fire extinguishers and inspections and all that. And we're really close. We thought we're just going to hit the, we're going to hit the, the minivan route again. It's, it's worked well for us. We'll make two or three trips, trips back and forth. And we figured it'd be about 10,000 bucks to get a decent used van that we could put some decals on and, and put into service. And you know what? That's a lot of money for us because at any given time in a church community, our bank account sits around twenty or $30,000. And $10,000 is like 50% of that cushion that we have for our operating costs and our operating cash flow. So it's a big expenditure for us. And um, as a pastor's council, we chatted and prayed about it. And you know what we figured is that we're a church with a university focus that's called to reach university students. We should have a better van for them. We need a good shuttle for those students. So we, we have to do it. It's who we are. And so on faith, we put down that we're going to have to get a new shuttle in, in March. We're going we're gonna to have to pull the trigger and do this. And we're not really sure how and where, and, but we're just, we prayed that God would make a way and, and it would happen. That was on a Thursday night at our board meeting. The following Sunday morning, couple of, this is just a couple weeks ago, um, guy comes up to me and he says, uh, when are we gonna buy a new van? And I said, as a matter of fact, we've been, we've been talking about it. It's something that we know we wanna do. And he said, what are you thinking of getting? And I said, well, you know, and I explained our situation. I said, it's probably gonna be about $10,000. So we're just, you know, it's a big chunk for us. And we're just, you know, figure, figuring that out and what that means. And, and he looked at me and he said, you know, we haven't been coming here very long, but every time we come in, we see that old piece of junk van and it really bugs us. And uh, he said, my wife and I would like to pay for it. Like three days later. <laughs> and uh, a week later, last Sunday, we had $10,000 sitting in our bank account as a donation for a new van. And, and I'm thinking, Lord, I should have believed for a $30,000 van. Like, oh, little faith, stupid, stupid, stupid. Not only did it just take like a few days and God had given us the money for a van, but somebody else texted me in the middle of the week and says, hey, I heard you might be buying a shuttle van. And I said, yeah, I texted back, said, yeah, you're right. And he said, well, put me down for $1,000. And I'm thinking, like we just, God just beat us by 10%. It's like better than the Home Depot purchasing plan. It's like the 10% guarantee. And it only took a couple of days. And again, and you gotta know like stuff like that and stories of God's faithfulness, not only in our church community, but in people's lives, it happens all the time. God is so faithful, he comes through, he provides, he makes a way, even when we have little faith, he has a way of working and providing. And do you know the common thread every time is it's the generosity of his people. If you have a people that is not generous, those miracles of God are not happening. God is speaking and putting on our hearts and whispering by the Holy Spirit to us, in areas of generosity. 
It is the way it works. It is the economy of God. And sometimes you just have to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the need? What is the need? And can I help? What do I do? And listen to the Holy Spirit. When it comes to your finances and what you should give and how much you should give and when you should give and all those things, um, listen to the Holy Spirit. And be generous. Just be generous. That's all. That's the marker. Be generous. And when we, as the people of God, are generous, there are stories of miracles and great things happening, of people's lives being touched, of real needs being met, of breakthrough coming. And a community of God, a community of people that knows what it means to be whole life generous is a community of God's people that will experience miracles and breakthroughs and the move of the Holy Spirit. And so your level of generosity is so closely linked, it is so hand in hand to the kingdom of God growing and flourishing a hundredfold. They go, they go together. I'm gonna get the team to come. We're gonna get ready to close this morning. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 10 to 11 says this. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Check this out. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. The greatest thing about saying to the Lord, I want to be whole life generous. Who grabs my heart? Who do I reach out to? What am I passionate about? How can I serve and get involved? How can I support things financially? And, 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 and what do I do financially for the church and in offerings? And when when we, we bring our whole life and we bring it to, to the Lord, we listen to the Holy Spirit, the most amazing thing is that he comes and he fills us up so that we can continue to be generous so we can continue to pour out, so we can continue to give back. And the more we're generous and the more we give out, the more the kingdom of God grows in our midst. And then we have more, we invest more. And, and it is this, it's like a spiritual ecosystem. And it makes so much sense. And it's such a beautiful picture of how the kingdom of God works. But I think we so easily forget. We so easily don't trust. We so easily hold on and just think about ourselves and our own needs and our own wants and all those things. And the whole time Jesus is saying, think beyond. Think beyond yourself. Who am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? What's the need? Those are the questions to open the door for God to do great things in a spiritual community. And so this morning I want to pray for us. And I'm going to get you to bow your heads. I'm going to get you to close your eyes. And we're going to do this as a commitment to the Lord and um, without looking around. And just a simple thing this morning could be about any, any area that we've talked about. But I wonder if you're here this morning and you would just say, you know what? I want to be a part of what God is doing in this church and in this community and in our culture right now in Kelowna. 
and I don't want to miss it, and I want to be a part, and I know that that means that I need to be more generous, more whole life generous, and God, I need the courage, and I want to do that, and I want to participate, and I know I haven't been doing it right, but Lord, I want to, I want to try again. You say, God, that's me. I just want to be more whole life generous. Help me. Would you just slip your hand up for a second? I just want to do more. Father, I pray for those that put their hands up that you, God, would stir within us a fresh understanding and a fresh desire. It is so hard, Lord, in our culture to think beyond just our own life and our own needs and our own world. But Lord, something beautiful happens and we know it. We know it, God. We know it. We just forget it. That when we're whole life generous and we give back to you, that it makes such a difference in the lives of other people. And Lord, somehow you just keep filling us up. You keep making us bigger, better, stronger, and building us up so that we can, in turn, give more back to you. And Lord, it's just such a simple, wonderful picture of how the economy of heaven works. And I pray that you would remind us of it and let it get in our hearts and let it burn within us. And for every hand that went up, Father, that is a life that can make such a difference for you. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage and you would help us to know what we have to give to you. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would whisper, even right now, to every heart that's in this room, that you would whisper where we can be generous. We're just gonna just be quiet for just a minute. One minute, I'll stop talking. And I want you to listen to what the Holy Spirit would say, who he would bring to your heart, what he would bring to your heart, what the need is that you can help in. things that you speak to us about, those things represent a breakthrough of spiritual growth in our lives and in our church and in our community. And Father, I pray that we would burn with a desire to be generous and that we would see you continue to provide and there would be miracles and there would be stories. People would be reached for your kingdom. Our church will grow and have an impact in people's lives because this is a place where the people of God are generous. Lord, I pray that you would do that within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening and being a part of our talk this morning. I cried all through Starbucks when I was writing it this week. And uh, I love pastoring here. So appreciate this church community. All of your faithfulness and all that you do, all of our leaders and our volunteers, all of you who are faithful and a part of our community every week and um, couldn't be here without you, without your generosity. And uh, our vision is to keep going. We don't want to lose anything. We don't want to lose any steam. We don't want to lose any momentum. We just want to keep going forward for God. 
and, um, and we're going to keep doing that. And so thank you for being a part of us. Uh, officially, we're going to, we're dismissed and I'll get you to stand and uh, we're going to, we're officially done. The team is going to play and.